going to be like? What, it's going, what is it going to be about? And what are, what are the ways we're going to get there? Um, I know that details as far as uh, building and renovation are on your mind, and you want to know that information. So I want to talk about that first, and then I want to talk a little bit bigger picture uh, about who we are and, and what I think God's calling us to be in 2017. It has been an incredible, incredible ride just to be a part of the last 20 months or so uh, with Journey and what we've seen and experienced and walked through together and experienced together. And as you know, we came to you in August and and told you that we're going to have to plan for a transition. We're going to have to plan for a move and we were looking and not finding a whole lot and then God Open the opportunity for the building in between that uh, we saw at the end of the video. Some of you are out there for the work day. Some of you came out for the prayer service. Um, just an awesome building, just an awesome place. Uh, but getting from here to there is, is what we're trying to navigate at this point. And it's, 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 uh, it's no small process uh, to get from here to there. And I'm grateful... Uh, tonight, and I want to start by saying I'm, I'm grateful for those who have been a part of the details of this process, who have been lending me their expertise, their wisdom, and let me let me just mention some of them because they they have played such a, a pivotal role in what we've been what we've been doing, and uh, that's our, our trustees Kevin O'Shields and Devin Snell, who've been our trustees since the very beginning uh, of Journey. Uh, our stewardship team that we, we put together uh, back in the summer to put our budget together and to, to help us kind of prepare financially for what this move was going to make. Uh, those folks are Doug Minton, Stephanie Pulliam, and Paul Sweeney. And then our elders, uh, Eric McKnight, Richie Arrington, and Joey Smith. And then our, our building team, uh, guys with some construction background who know things that I don't know and uh, have, have been walking that process with us. Those are Doug Pulliam, uh, Ron Johnson, Wes Nash, and Donnie Walker. And uh, all of those 10, 12 people uh, have been so invaluable to me in this process. And the process has been going on for months. As, as you know, we, we came to you in August and said, hey, this is a possibility. This is what we're trying to make happen because of that, we've chased down a lot of possibilities, and uh, it's never just one decision. It's like a whole bunch of little decisions, and then you back up, because that decision means you got to make another decision over here. And so there, there's been a lot of that. There's been a lot of prayer. There's been uh, a lot of detail and questions, and what if, and have we thought about this, and, and any what if if this should happen, has come up in multiple, multiple meetings over many months uh, as we've tried to narrow down exactly what we wanted to do. Uh, the, the plan, the drawing of the plans, the architectural part of this has taken a lot longer than I would have expected. But the reasoning for that uh, largely is because we have a pretty small budget to work with. And so as we worked with our architect, uh, the first thing that they did was they drew the whole building. Like this is kind of a master plan, and let's keep this in mind 
so that we don't do something in phase one that we're going to regret in phase three or phase two, or we're going to say, oh, we got to rip all of that out and start over. We're trying to avoid making the wrong step up front and then having to correct it down the path. Uh, the other thing we're trying to figure out is how much can we reasonably expect to renovate given the, the budget that we're on? And so we would draw a little bit of a general drawing and then we'd try to get some prices on it and then we'd realize that's more than we can afford. And so let's downsize again and let's see what the price is for that, and then let's downsize again, and let's downsize again, and again, and again. And so uh, it was just this process of trying to move the drawings in a, a more reasonable range of our budget and going into uh, this building that we're going to at least at first uh, begin leasing. So after a lot of that process and a lot of back and forth and a lot of we could do this, let's don't do that, let's, okay, let's change this, let's put this here and move that and shift that, all of those little things. 25 to 30% of the warehouse. Uh, we're going to leave the front largely unchanged. New carpet, new paint, um, that sort of thing. We'll make it look nicer. But we're going we're gonna to leave the front part that's already finished largely unchanged except for cosmetics. And then about 25-30% of the warehouse is uh, what we're going to renovate, what we're going to build out. And here's the drawing uh, that we're working off of right now. Um, in this downsizing process, we had to get to a point where we asked, what are the priority? What's the most important things? What do, what do we have to have to get in? And we feel like, honestly, we've taken it down as much as we can take it down. Maybe even a step beyond where we can take it down. And I'll, I'll tell you what that step is in just a minute. Uh, but we're, basically, we're going to renovate for four things. Worship space, children's space, uh, a couple of really small offices, and restrooms. And those are kind of the four things we need in order to get in and start doing ministry. Those are the four things we have here. It's just when we get there, two things will happen. Number one, they'll be ours. Uh, we won't be setting up and tearing down children's space. We won't be setting up a children's space in part of an office or setting up and tearing down the children's worship room because UH4C needs to do a seminar in there. Uh, so we'll eliminate the setup and teardown process, but we'll also gain space. Uh, we'll have a little bit more room for our children's ministry. Uh, we'll have uh, probably 50, 60, 70 more seats for worship. And so with two services, that's 100, 120 more seats that we could have for worship space. So we gain space over where we have and we gain the opportunity to have our own space and set it up the way we want it and leave it. Um, so let's talk dollars. Let's, let's talk money because that's an important part of this whole process. Uh, first, uh, because of your giving, because of uh, our careful stewardship, because of the Christmas offering... We have right at $230,000 uh, in the bank, ours. We could write a check for it today if we wanted to, to begin this process. Uh, 
which for a church that's less than two years old is pretty remarkable, pretty unbelievable. Um, when, uh, when I talk to other church planters, and we're not better than anybody else's church, even when I talk to guys who've been doing it a lot longer than us and are bigger than us, I rarely talk about numbers um, just because our experience is so unusual. And um, uh, our attendance numbers as well as our giving numbers, unbelievable for a church that's not even two years old. And, and again, I want to reiterate something I told the folks in Next today. Uh, none of that $230,000 was some outside donor. Like, like there wasn't a... a philanthropist out there that said, oh, I heard about this church, I want to make a donation even though I don't go there. Uh, there, there wasn't a nonprofit that cuts checks to church plants and uh, gives them money to go build a building. Um, I'm not opposed to that. Let me... <laughs> if you know of somebody, I'm happy to take them to lunch. All right, I'm not opposed to somebody... Seeing what God is doing, and even though they don't attend here, they want to they contribute to the process there. I'm not opposed to that. I'm just telling you, what we have is not because we've gotten all this money from somewhere else. It's because you have just been obedient to what God said to do, and you've faithfully given, and, and we've done our best to steward that in the right way and, and uh, not spend extravagantly because we knew this was coming. So we have $230,000. We have worked with a couple of contractors uh, on a proposal because our plans aren't detailed. They can't give us a detailed bid at this point. So we've tried to get proposals in, and we have. Uh, the lowest proposal uh, at this point is $360,000. So $360,000. A little more than 230, uh, if, I, if my math is correct. Um, so that, that leaves us a gap that we've got to decide what we're going to do with. Uh, until we get into the building, until we're doing ministry in the building, we're not reaping the rewards of the building that we're going to be leasing. Uh, we don't have the added space. We don't have more children's space. Uh, we don't have our own identity uh, at a specific place. And so there, there's that need to get in in order to reap the benefits of being in and of having our own place instead of being in the back of, uh, of the funeral home. So as we, as we prayed and as we've talked about <laughs> As we've talked about it uh, with our stewardship team, with our building team, um, with our trustees, with our elders, um, we thought we would approach our bank and just lay our cards on the table and just say, this is where we are. This is, this is the situation. We know we do not have very much history. We know that uh, we can't give you a whole lot of financial record information, but you have everything on us. You are our bank. They've been our bank from the beginning. It's United Community Bank. You've been our bank from the beginning. You've seen what uh, our balance is. You've seen what our deposits are. And so we gathered up the information that they needed. And uh, where we are 
with our bank is that, that our bank has been willing to loan us $150,000, making up that gap that we needed between what we currently have and what we feel like we're going to need. Uh, the bank is willing to loan us $150,000 on a five-year loan. Uh, now, it's certainly possible with the, the generosity of our church that we don't need $150,000. It's certainly possible that we close that gap between now and when everything is done. Uh, but uh, that's the number that we've arrived at to say, we think this is what will finish us. This is what will get our project taken care of um, and us be able to move in and move forward. Uh, the stewardship team, as, as they were working on the budget last year, had the foresight to say, hey, that might be a possibility. We don't, at the time, we didn't know that that would be a possibility, that we might have to take out a loan. But they had the foresight to say, you know what, I'd rather plan for it and not need it than not plan for it and need it. So in the budget that, that we adopted back in December, there is more than enough for the first year of payments. As a matter of fact, there's almost double the amount that we would need for the first year of payments on that loan. So, if we move forward and we take out a loan from the bank for $150,000, the 2017 budget that we all adopted doesn't change at all. We don't have to go find money. We don't have to take money from this area so we can make that payment. We can make double the payment of what will be needed the first year just from what's already budgeted. And then... For the second through fourth year, we plan that into the budget in addition to what we've already planned for debt retirement. So it, it gives us some flexibility. It gives us some freedom of not thinking, oh, now we got to come up with X amount above what we've already decided we're going to spend. It's already there. It's already in the 2017 uh, budget. What I'm asking you is if you're a member of Journey, uh, if you have joined, you've been through Next and said, yes, I'm a follower of Christ and I want to become a member of Journey, we need to make this decision. We need to decide whether we're going to move forward, whether we're going to wait. Um, and so uh, when you leave tonight, uh, we're going to give you a copy of the recommendation and the specifics of the loan. I don't want to go through all of those. Some, some of you need that information. Some of you are like me, it wouldn't make a lot of sense to you. So it, it's all on this recommendation. It's all on this piece of paper that you can take with you, the, the interest rate, the terms, all of that's on this piece of paper. And so on your way out, take one of those. And, and then when you come back next Sunday, I want you to pray this week. I want you to seek God. But when you come back next Sunday, we're going to ask you to approve of us moving forward so that we can begin to move into the details we can finalize drawings, we can move to permitting, we can start actually doing some renovation and some construction. So get one of those on your way out. From here, the things that are going to begin happening in this process, I'm meeting this week with uh, the Walton County Planning just to show them our plans, right? We don't have a lot of detail, 
But we just want to up front sit down with them and say, look, this is what we're thinking. Do you see any problems? Is there something we haven't thought of? Is everything going to be okay? Just to get that conversation going. Our, our uh, architect and our uh, contractor are, are going to begin meeting and getting some details together so that we can move the drawings to a point where they can be uh, permitted. Um, we have uh, selected uh, John Jackson and his contracting company along with Tony Clower. Uh, they're one of the contractors who gave us a, a proposal. They came in with the lowest proposal and uh, we have confidence in their ability to complete the project. And so they're the ones that are at work uh, on this. But really to kick this into gear, really to move this forward, we need to decide as a church, it's, it's time to step forward. We, we're going to make this decision, we're going to move forward, and we're going to get this completed so that we can get in and we can begin to reap the benefits of being in our own on our, in our own place. And just where I am, and I, I've been all, in all of these meetings, and I know you haven't been in all of these meetings, and I've heard all of the discussions and been down all the rabbit trails and looked at all the details and looked at all the numbers, and I, I just feel like we're at a point where it's time for us to go. It's time for us to keep moving, that, that God has led us to this point the whole way. There's not a point in any of this process that I look back at and say, well, we didn't really get it right there. We missed it there. We, did, we, shouldn't, we should have taken another step. I, God is directed like every part of this process. Just every decision, every movement, every moment of what's happened the past five months, I'm just convinced he's going to keep doing that. I, I'm convinced that he's got us moving in a particular direction, and we're to keep moving. Uh, we're to keep taking the next step. We're to keep going. Uh, in a sense, there's going to be a physical go in 2017. We're going to go from here to somewhere else. We're going to be making that move. We're, we're going to go from our home in the funeral home to our home in not the funeral home. And, and I, I won't be able to make funeral home jokes anymore, which I'm, it's going to take me a while to recover from that. But there's, there's a physical go that we're going to experience in 2017. But as 2016 was ending and 2017 uh, was beginning, that, that word go kept coming to my mind um, all throughout the Bible. God's people are, are given a go. I mean, as you read the stories of the Bible, you find God coming to them and saying, look, I need you to go from this place to that place. I need you to go to these people. I need you to go from this country to that country. Uh, God comes to Abram and says, I want you to go from what you've known to what you don't know. I want you to go from here where everything's comfortable and you know where everything is to this place that I'm going to show you. I want you to go. And God comes to Jacob and uh, to, to save not just Jacob's family, but to save the nation ultimately from famine. God says, I want you to go to Egypt. I know it's weird. I know that's a strange thing. But I want you to go from here. I want you to go to Egypt. And then generations later, uh, God comes to, to Moses 
and says, I want you to go to Pharaoh. This is Exodus 3.10. So now go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. So go, go already. God raises up Joshua after Moses and tells him, go through the camp. Tell the people, get your provisions ready. Three days from now, you'll cross the Jordan here to go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. Three days, you're to go. You're to move. You're to go. God tells Samuel, I want you to go to the house of Jesse. I've got another king picked out. You're going to meet him there. David was told to go to his brothers. And as the result of that, David ends up killing uh, Goliath. Prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel were told, Go, prophesy to my people. Go say these things to my people. Jonah is told to go to Nineveh. Nehemiah is told, go back and build a wall. Jesus ends his ministry by saying, go and make disciples of all nations. Paul, after that, Paul comes to faith in Christ. And and God's message to Paul is, I want you to go to people who aren't Jewish. I want you to go to this country. I want you to go there and start new churches. There is this consistent message all throughout the Bible of go. The, the verse that I've shared with you often that, that confirmed God's direction in my life to start this church, Exodus 23, 20, is a go verse. God's talking to Moses and he says, See, I'm sending an angel ahead of you to guard you along the way and to bring you to the place I've prepared. I want you to go. I want you to go. And Implicit in that command is, you don't experience what I'm doing until you go. Like You don't experience the fulfillment of all that I've got planned for you until you go, until you move. I, I think 2017 is the year of go for us. I don't know if after the first of the year, you saw the articles and the the social media post about people who are, who are picking a word for 2017. Maybe you did it, maybe you didn't do it. Again, I don't think it's magical. It's helpful for some people. It's not helpful for other people. I kind of picked a word for myself. But, but when I thought about our church, the, the word that I kept hearing from God over and over and over again was go. This is the year that journey needs to go. Um, one of, the, one of the most beautiful aspects of who we've been is that you probably got here because somebody invited you here. You probably got here because you knew somebody who had come here and they had told you about it, and so you came. Journey's growth since the very first service Journey's growth hasn't come because we've had the perfect building. That's not what's happened here. Uh, Journey's growth hasn't come because we've had the perfect marketing strategy or the best sign. Our sign keeps getting blown over by the wind and destroyed. (laughs) Like Gary's fixed the sign like three times and the wind blows it over and tears it apart and so we don't have a sign for three weeks until I say, Gary, I'm sorry, can you fix it again? And he fixes it again. Man, that's not, that's not the story of journey. The story of journey isn't 
boy, they really had this great marketing strategy and good signage and a perfect building on a great road and nice frontage signage where everybody could see that. Most of the people connected to our church since we got started have gotten connected to our church because somebody went to them and said, hey, I experienced this here, and I think you would like it. Hey, this is what's happening over here, and I think you should come check it out. <laughs> There's an amazing preacher here. You should come hear him. He's really tall. He's good looking. Yeah. If the fire marshal will let us, I'm all for it. <laughs> as soon as the fire marshal gives us uh, the go-ahead for that, I'm all for it. But that's why we've grown. We've grown because you've told somebody that, hey, something, something pretty cool is happening. Uh, the worship is, is great. The teaching is great. The children's ministry, the youth ministry, our kids have gotten plugged in. My students want to go to church. You should come. And that's... That's how journey has been journey, is that people have gone and told people their experience and invited people to come back. And here's the thing. We're, we're at one of those places, I think, that it's, it's easy to get stuck. Um, our services are consistently comfortably full. I mean, we don't ever come in and feel like, oh, gosh, everybody's gone today. I mean, our, our, our services are, are consistently, comfortably full, sometimes uncomfortably full, right? Second service, I, have to, I had to come to Ma, uh, Mandy in the first song and say, hey, tell everybody to scoot in because people can't find seats in the back. Tell everybody to scoot in. Leave some seats on the aisles. Uh, January 8th was the coldest day we've had in a long, long time. Uh, 18 degrees, wind chill of 9 at the, when the first service started. It was, the, it was the whole um, letdown of snowpocalypse, right? You remember that? It was supposed to snow. I got my sleds out. And then it didn't snow. And so we're all depressed. We all feel bad because we didn't get any snow. It's, it's nine degrees wind chill. And we had the highest attendance of any non-holiday Sunday. Third highest attendance ever. We have 427 people. The only two Sundays we've had more than that were Easter last year and Mother's Day last year. Other than those holidays, which are always big attendance Sundays, January 8th, 9 degrees wind chill, highest attendance we've ever had. And that feels great, right? I mean, we filled it up. We did it. If that was our goal, like we did it. We got a room full, and it feels comfortable, and the, the singing is good, and the AC's tough because it's cold and then it, everybody gets in here and it gets hot and so that whole thing's going on but we're, my point is we're at this place where it feels pretty good journey right now I mean it feels pretty good it's not quite the heavy lifting that it was in the early days <laughs> I don't have nearly as many Sundays where I think oh God please let somebody come please let somebody come today oh God please let somebody come today I don't think that anymore on Sunday. It's, it's a good time to be journeying. The caution is, 
that's a good time to get stuck. I mean, that's a good time when you start saying, everything's good. Like, what more do we need to do? Like, this is rocking and rolling. This is going great. But here's the thing. Our goal has never been get a big crowd, get a bunch of people, you know, be the biggest thing in whatever. That's never been our goal. But the reality is there are tens of thousands of Walton County people who don't know Jesus. We're in the Bible Belt, if there is such a thing anymore. We're in the South. We're in Atlanta. And there are tens of thousands of people who live in our community who don't know Jesus. The overwhelming, most statistics say 80 to 90% of people in this community, not only did they not go to church at Journey this morning, they didn't go to church anywhere. They didn't go anywhere. I mean, Christianity is not even scratching the surface of the population of where we live, of this community, of this area. Not even scratching the surface. Because thousands and thousands of people, not, not in New York City, not in China, in this community don't know Jesus, are not connected to a church family. And, and, and thousands of others have not found a church where they feel at home, where they feel like family, where they feel like, hey, I belong here. Hey, I'm connected here. Hey, something's going on here. And I want to be a part of it. And that's why I just want to say, as we look to 2017, well, we can't get stuck. We got to go. I, I, I've told the chair story over and over again. Um, but I'm going to tell it again. Um, because it, 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 it's a crucial piece to our story. That's right. I should have brought a pew in here. That's right. Uh, how many of you, I, I asked this at all the next, and uh, how many of you were at the very first service, March 8th, 2015? Yeah. So we got the building. <clears throat> I came and looked at it after uh, we got the building, and there were church pews in here. And the, what I've been told was all the church pews are going to be gone by next Sunday. And so I prayed, God, we don't have anywhere to sit. Send us some chairs. Three hours later, a friend of mine in Conyers calls, says, our church is, is renovating the choir room, and we have 90 chairs, and you can have them. So Roger, Costco, and um, uh, I, we borrowed Daniel Russell's big work truck. And No, it was, this was Andy's truck. Andy Petrunik brought, right here, Andy brought his bread truck. And uh, Andy and I didn't even know each other real well back then. I was like, why is Andy bringing his bread truck? I don't know Andy. Andy brings his bread truck, and we load up 90 of these. If you're sitting in one of these, we got these from a church in Conyers who renovated their choir room, and we put them on the back of Andy's bread truck, and we brought them over here. And those of you who are at the first service, remember, they were all up here. These chairs were all up here, and the pews were all back there because they didn't come get the pews. And so we had 
like 10 rows of pews, five on each side, and then we had like 10 more pews out in the lobby. Do you remember that? We couldn't hide. We tried to hide them and cover them up, and they were just stuck back there. So then, so then we do another service two weeks later, and the pews are gone. And uh, so I said, God, like, I need another shipment here, <laughs> if you could help me out. And so uh, another friend in Conyers calls and says, hey, we're moving into a new building, and we're getting, uh, we don't need chairs anymore, and so we have chairs in the warehouse part of our building, and uh, they're actually in a building similar to the one we're going to be moving in, but smaller, and so Roger and I got Daniel Ross, and they had been in the warehouse, and they had had water damage and coffee stain damage, so after a couple of hours of rug doctor uh, we put these chairs in the back, and really the only ones that are sitting in these, if you're sitting against the back wall, you're sitting in these. Now, we have more stacked back here, but uh, this was the next shipment that God sent us. Well, it wasn't long before it was Easter, and I, I was afraid that we didn't have enough between these two chairs. And so I, I called a friend that's at an organization here in Loganville. I said, look, can we just borrow some chairs? Because I knew they had a bunch of folding chairs. I said, look, can we just borrow some chairs for Easter Sunday, bring them right back? And he said, no, I, I, I really I don't think I should do that. And the next day he calls me back. <clears throat> and he says, um, hey, look, I, I'm not going to let you borrow the chairs. But if you'll come get them, I'm going to just give you 100 chairs. We need to order some new ones anyway. I'm going to give you 100 black folding chairs. So all of our kids' rooms have folding chairs. And anytime we need to have a meeting somewhere, we got folding chairs uh, all over there. And so it was a few months later, there was a church in, in Conyers. And they felt like their season of ministry was over, that they were, they were kind of shutting things down. And I didn't really know them, but they had heard about us. And they had heard, hey, things were going really great. And so they were trying to find a place to give their stuff to uh, where God was doing something. And so a bunch of us, after church one day, how many of you were part of that road trip? Yeah. After church one day, we got some trailers and some trucks, and we drove to the other side of Conyers, and we picked up all of these. And these are the nicest ones we've ever had. So that's why they're in the front, and the rest of them are all in the back. Because they didn't have any water stains, and we didn't have to rug doctor these. Uh, these all look good. Now, here's the thing about God providing the chairs for us. Uh, number one, um, I, we're not always going to have mismatched chairs. It's a cool story. We'll, get, we'll have all like chairs one day, someday. Um, but I, I don't think God gave us the chairs to, have a, to just have a cool chair story. Like, hey, I'm going to do this. I just want you to tell the story. It's going to be cool. People are going to love it. Um, I, think, I think God kept sending chairs because he, was knew, he knew there was people that needed to be in these chairs. He, he knew there were people in this community that didn't have a chair anywhere. That didn't have a place where they could come in and feel like, well, this is, this is my place. This is where I, I belong. This is where I fit. This is where God's going to speak to me and, and where I'm going to give back to him and worship him and, and I'm going to hear his word and my kids are going to grow and, 
My teenagers are going to sit in these chairs. I mean, God doesn't give churches chairs just so they'll have chairs. He gives them chairs because there's people that need to be in those chairs. The reason we don't want to get stuck this year or any year is because there's people all over this county that need to be here. And the only way they're going to get from there to here is if some of us go to them. If some of us give an invitation. If some of us say, hey, you can sit by me. I got a chair for you. Come sit by me. Come with me. This is what I've experienced. This is what's happening. This is the story. Just come check it out. People all over this community. That's what they need from us. Is people who will go. People who will invite. People who will say, yeah, come on. And so in in 2017, we want to remind ourselves that we're not here to be here. We're not here just to hang out. We're we're not here to take up space. We've been brought together to worship and grow so that we can go. I mean, there, there are people in our community who need the worship that happens every week here. Like, they, they need what Jeffrey and the band does. Like, their heart needs that. They, they need the teaching that, that they could get here. They need God's word made where they can understand it. Like, happens here. They need a place for their kids to go and learn what God has for their life. They need a place where their teenagers can come and be loved and be accepted and be challenged to stand for God and to walk with God and to grow with God and know that the adults who work with them on Wednesdays and Sundays and retreats and all those, to know that those adults love them and care about them and are invested in their lives. But the only way that happens is if we go. So my challenge to us in 2017 is, where do you need to go? Where do you need to go? That, that person that has been, maybe it's a heart for some time. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a coworker, Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe that's God's nudge to you that in 2017 you make a commitment. I'm going to go to them. I'm going to go meet my neighbor. I'm going to go build a relationship with my neighbor. I'm going to go invite them to something that we're doing at church. I'm going to go see if they'll let me bring their kids on Wednesday night. I'm going to go tell them about what our youth are doing and see if their students want to come with, with my teenagers and be a part of what's going on. I want, us, I want us to be a going church in 2017. Going to this community, we're, we're going to try to create go opportunities for you. Opportunities to go into the community, uh, opportunities to go and invite people to what we're doing, maybe even opportunities to go to other cities or go to other countries and see what God would do when we're just obedient to go. I mean, God promises over and over again, like, I'll tell you what to say. I'll give you the words. I'll help you out. What I need from you is to go. And so, yeah, we've got, we've got a decision to make you know, about this money and are we going to move and renovate and we're going to get that started right now. 
That's, we got that decision that we need to make. And I think God wants us to keep moving forward. And I'd be glad to talk with you more if you have some specific questions about it. But, but bigger than that, bigger than that is that God has called each of us to go to someone in 2017. To go somewhere in 2017. To invite someone in 2017. So all throughout this year, you're going to see that word, go, go, go. And it's just a reminder to us. Let's not get stuck here. Let's not just soak this up as good as it is. Let's go. Let's pray. God, thank you for what you have done at Journey, what you were doing before we even came together. Because this was in your mind and in your plan and in your sovereignty uh, before it was an idea in my head, before it was a worship service in this room, before it became a staff, uh, before it became an organization. It, in your mind, the gospel going forth from here was already set in place. And we don't want to stop that. We don't want to be the back of what you started we want to keep going and we're at that that critical point where it's a lot of fun to be journey right now it's pretty comfortable to be journey right now we don't have it all figured out but I, I, I don't go anywhere in this community that someone doesn't come up to me and say hey I hear things are going great I mean, it's good to be Journey right now. But we have not seen all that you want to do. We have not experienced all that you want us to experience. And in order to do it, we got to go. Just like you said in your word to all of those people, look, I'm already working in the future. Would you go and get there? Would you go so you can meet up with what I'm doing? Would you get to the place I'm trying to take you to? Help us to go. Individually, in 2017, there's a neighbor, there's a friend, there's somebody we're going to meet randomly. Give us the courage this year to speak the gospel, to speak grace and peace and truth, to, to give the invitation. Help us to go. In Jesus' name, amen.